I wasn't wasting my time. And I'm not saying offering low ticket offers is a waste of time, but when you are, especially in the first 18 months of your business, you're probably um, exchanging dollars for hours. I made sure that if I'm going to have a half an hour conversation with someone at the end of that conversation, there is the potential for me to make high four figures, low five figures. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Belinda Aramity and I am the host of the Claim Your Space podcast. The Claim Your Space podcast is a podcast for entrepreneurs looking to grow and scale their businesses in a way that aligns with the lives they want to live. I'm a sales and business coach. I've trained hundreds of people on effective social selling strategy. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a friend, I'm full of sarcasm and wit. And it's taken me a while for me to own my confidence and my space within my industry. And I'm dedicating this podcast to helping you claim your space, own your space, and grow a business that's in alignment with exactly how you want to live your life. It's possible. You can do it. Let's do it together. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Claim Your Space podcast. I'm your friendly host, Belinda Aramity, and today we're going to be talking about the five things that I know I did right in the first 18 months of my business. But before we hop into that fun goodness, we're going to have another sales chat because you all know how we do it around here. And today I want you to ask the question, and this is when you're putting out a piece of content when you are sending a direct message or an email to a hopeful potential new client, or when you're hopping on a discovery call with someone brand new for the first time, I want you to ask yourself the question, are you seeking to understand or are you looking to sell? All right. There is a particular reason why sales executives don't call any part of the quote unquote sales process, a sales call. There is no sales call. There is a discovery call. There are actually often several discovery calls because when you're selling something in the six, seven and eight figure deal size, there is no one call close. And so I want you to keep that in mind. If you are a consultant selling into business to business, the idea of a one call close. Don't be fooled by other sales coaches out there. Can you close a business in one call? Absolutely. Is it likely? Probably not because of how business decisions are made today, but that's not what we're talking about right now. You can absolutely close calls close new business in a single call. I often close a lot of my coaching business in a single call, but it's not a sales call. It's a discovery call because I am looking to discover. I'm looking to understand. I'm looking to find out whether or not it's a good fit. And where a lot of people go wrong is they go into the conversation saying, this is a sales call. I'm here to sell you on X. And that's not what a conversation is about. You don't know yet if you should even be selling. Because guess what? Even if you have an application form and you're asking them 21 questions and you feel you know everything about their business, you don't until you actually speak to the human behind the keyboard who put in those questions and you're getting context around their answers and you're making a judgment call with each question because you're starting to understand them and their business a little bit better. 
So I want you to realize that just like in executive level sales, how we have a discovery call, another discovery call, discovery call number 17. Yes, it is very possible to have 17 discovery calls when you are selling at the corporate level. We have a proposal call, we have the negotiation call, and then we have a close. There is a reason why at the highest, you know, championship MBA style level of selling, there is no sales call. Okay. Because with each call has a purpose and the purpose is to get a deeper level of understanding so that you can figure out is this person or is this organization a right fit for the solution that you have okay so as you're going into any of your conversations seek to understand do not seek to sell because guess what nobody likes being sold to so if you come from a place of i want to understand you and your conversations will do so much better for it all right let's get into the episode So if you listen to my most recent episode, I bemoaned about some of the things that I did wrong in the first 18 months of my business. And the good and bad thing about being an entrepreneur is you will always look at your approach to things and say, you know what, I could have done that differently. I could have done it, done that better. But that is humility. That is growth, right? Um, But there are definitely some things that I did right that I continue to encourage my clients to do as they start their businesses. And if I were, if I went back in time and I had to do it all over again, I would redo these things in a heartbeat. Okay. So number one, when I started my business, um, I focused on a single social media platform. I wasn't on both Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. Actually, that's a lie. I was, but I only focused on a single one. Okay. Because I focused on a single one, I got really, really good at using and leveraging that single platform. And it just meant that it was easier for me to do the things that I needed to do in order to achieve the goals that I was trying to achieve in my business. So for those of you that don't know, I'm a mom of three. When I started my business, I had a two-year-old, I'm trying to do math, two-year-old, five-year-old, and a seven-year-old. Anyone who has children knows that those are ages where they like just really need you all the time. (laughs) And I'm happily married. And so I wanted to hang out with my husband. I wanted to have free time. I still do. Still happily married. Thank goodness. Um, so being able to focus on a single social media platform, one, like I said, it allowed me to get really good at using and leveraging that platform and building a personal brand that sells. Um, but then, you know, if you're someone who has time, time is of the essence. If you have a lot going on, focusing on multiple social media platforms, like forget all the logical stuff that people are telling you who are marketers about, you know, um, you know, get good at using one, like, yes, that part, but from a time perspective, I mean, if you've got 30 minutes, it's much better to spend 30 minutes on LinkedIn than to spend 10 minutes on LinkedIn, 10 minutes on Facebook, 10 minutes on Instagram. And it allows you to have balance having a life in addition to building a business. Because as I told all of you guys before, and what my ethos is around claiming your space, why are we claiming our space so that we can build businesses that are in alignment with how we want to live our lives and that our lives aren't being lived for our businesses. Okay. Even 
for passion-driven businesses like you might have. I mean, I love doing what I do, but that also that doesn't mean that I want what I do to dictate everything else that I get to do in my life. All right. So number two, I did cold outreach. I mean, this is not sexy. This is not advice that the prevailing, you know, people will tell you, but guess what? I made a lot more money in the first 90 days of my business than a lot of people who are waiting on this attraction marketing stuff, because guess what? Attraction marketing, you know, the part where you're putting out content and you're waiting for people to find you, that's a long-term play. That's a play where, um, you know, after you've been putting out content for over and over and over and over and over again, that you build that no like trust factor where people are coming to you because it's undeniable. But when you, when I was doing my cold outreach, I got to choose who I wanted to potentially do business with. I got to choose who I thought I would be a really great fit for. I got to make suggestions because when you are a consultant, that's what you do. You make suggestions as the, you know, expert in your field. And so I got to cherry pick and decide this is a company that I think has the assets to be able to afford to work with someone like me, or this is a person who's doing something really, really cool. And I'd love to be able to help them build and develop their personal brand on LinkedIn. So I did a lot of cold outreach. I think cold outreach is the bomb.com. And as I always tell people, if attraction marketing and just having a really strong personal brand is all that you needed, okay, then companies like Apple and freaking Google, everybody and their whole entire mother, like Google is a company where Googling has now become like a verb. Like, what are you doing? I'm Googling. Like it is a thing that it is now an action. So if a company like Google has to do cold outreach in order to have the kind of grow, the kind of business that they want, why don't you think it can't work for you? I'm just saying, let's use logic here, people. You ain't gotta listen to me. Listen to the logic that I am speaking. So cold outreach would do it again. And I continue to do cold outreach to this day. But what I will say is when you focus on a single social media platform, it's no longer cold outreach. It's warm outreach. I won't go into it in too much detail in this episode, but my whole point is that you're creating content for a purpose. And a lot of times People are really busy and you aren't at the forefront of their mind, but if you are connected to them or they're following you on, let's say, Instagram and you initiate a conversation, a lot of times you can get business from having the audacity to um, initiate a quote unquote cold, but really warm conversation with them. Another thing, so number three, first we talked about focusing on a single social media platform. Number two, I did cold outreach. And number three, I had high ticket offers. So whatever efforts I was putting in, if I could only work for three hours in that day, or I could only reach out to five people and only one person booked a meeting, I wasn't wasting my time. And I'm not saying offering low ticket offers is a waste of time, but when you are, especially in the first 18 months of your business, you're probably um, exchanging dollars for hours. I made sure that if I'm going to have a half an hour conversation with someone at the end of that conversation, there is the potential for me to make high four figures, low five figures because of that conversation. And even if I was talking to a corporate client, it was okay. Yes. I'm going to have to have a series of discovery calls, but I'm going to net, um, something, really valuable from these series of discovery calls that I'm going to have with this company. So I am 
I'm very fortunate that the type of people that I work with are people that can command a high ticket offer. Um, not everyone can, not everyone is in a position to be able to offer one. But if you are someone who comes into the game with a lot of expertise, it doesn't matter if you've only had your business for 18 months, because guess what? When I started my company, it was a baby. It was zero months old, just like any new company, but I was teaching skills that I had perfected over the course of more than a decade. And that is how I had the audacity to charge a high ticket price for my knowledge because my knowledge was proven. It was the business model that I was in, I was taking on. So the consulting and, and, um, the consulting and the coaching that wasn't proven because I hadn't done it before, but I had coached people in sales. I had, I have sales skills that I had been imparting into my life and for other people's businesses for more than a decade. That is and was worth a lot, even when I had a baby business. All right. So having I ticket offers, absolutely. Because I could have been afraid and instead of charging $5,000 to work with me, I could have charged $1,000 and I would have made five times less doing the exact same thing. And for what? People don't buy on price. It is a factor, but that's not the only reason people buy. So find people who don't buy or not buy solely because of the price of something. Uh, number four. So in the first 18 months of my business, whoop, whoop, I grew enough to be able to hire a VA who is now officially my online business manager. Her name is Lily and she is absolutely amazing. And she is my right hand woman, my ride or die. Like I can't imagine growing my business without her. Um, and it just allowed me again to, at the time, do more with my time. So now instead of building out slide decks for these workshop presentations that I was doing with companies, she was able to help me to help me do that at that time. So again, there are only so many hours in the day, especially when you're trading dollars for hours as a consultant or as a coach. There are multiple ways that you can build out and scale out your business. But for the purpose of this conversation, first 18 months, don't focus on scaling, focus on getting consistent income into your business every single month. And once you get to that point where you're like, I'm getting really overwhelmed, I'm trying to do too much, um, I can't handle anymore, and my work is starting to suffer, hire a VA. I did it, and I'm so, so glad that I did. And whew, we are just like running through this episode. So full disclosure, I had a meeting that ran over time <laughs> just before I recorded this episode this episode of the podcast and I've got to go pick up my son right after this and I also have to go to the butcher so I'm trying to make it all fit <laughs> so if it feels like I'm like really running through that's why because I am really running through all right part number five is I created a client system that was simple Things became more difficult and frustrating in my business as I started to overcomplicate things. So in the first 18 months, what I did was I kept things simple. I didn't invest in too many, um, in too many, get, well, actually I did. <laughs> if you listened to the last episode, you know that I did. But when I started to remove things that overcomplicated my business, it was, the, it always felt right. It doesn't need especially when you're in the business of exchanging your knowledge and sharing with people your knowledge. Um, when you're in 
that business, I mean, it's not about how fancy it is that you deliver it. People are paying you for what is in between your ears, what is in your brain. So I just want you to remember that, that if you keep it simple, you reduce the amount of headache that you have and you just make it easier for you to actually do the thing which is deliver high a high quality service experience for your clients. I will not regret starting my business just keeping everything in Google. Um, as you scale, that becomes more difficult. But in the beginning, and it was just me, myself, and I, and even just me, myself, and my now lovely online business manager, um, you know, it, it was easy. It was easy to find things. It was easy to share and collaborate with clients. And it just was simple. I think in the first 18 months and like with everything being thrown at you and all the freaking Instagram ads and, and, you know, people telling you how they're running their million dollar businesses on, you know, whatever system it might be, it can get so easy to quickly get wrapped up in getting this gadget and that gadget and whatever it might be. Um, but I think what you need what you will never regret is keeping it simple because it means that you're not wasting time on trying to figure out the complicated and your clients are going to really appreciate it too. My clients, corporate clients, one-on-one clients, they always appreciate something that is simple and, and easy to use and easy to find what you're looking for. What's really interesting is one of my um, CFO clients and she's like a CFO of like really high like big brands. She's has a really, really, she's had a really decorated career. She calls it administrivia. So she explained it to me so wonderfully. She's like, executives don't want to work hard to find information. So keep it simple. So if you're someone who is, you know, particularly if you're someone who is pitching into corporate and you feel that it needs to be fancy or complicated in order to be worth the high ticket price that you're offering. Listen, companies are paying for transformation. They'll pay you $2 or they pay you $200,000. But if you can prove to them that you can give them the transformation that they so desperately need in order to get their bonuses at the end of the year, trust me, simplest one, they don't care. All right. So let's do a quick rehash because I don't think I'm going to make it to the uh, butcher shop guys. I don't think that I am, but it's okay. It's okay. I'll figure it out. This isn't ideal, but I will figure it out. (laughs) So number one, I want you to focus on having one social media platform. If you are in the first 18 months of your business, I promise you will scale. You will hire people who will make it possible for you to be every damn where. But for now, let's just stick to one. Okay. Number two, I want you to think about cold outreach. Seriously, if you want to make money quick and you want to get some dollars into your bank account and you don't want to wait for people to decide that you are good enough, get comfortable with cold outreach, especially if you are selling to corporate. Okay. Especially, especially, especially if you're selling to corporate, you need to get comfortable with doing that outreach because you are going to wait for a long time. Okay. For these corporate people to reach out to you. It is a very different game if you're selling B2B. And even if you aren't selling B2B, I mean, some of my most amazing clients are clients that I reached out to. Okay. I knew that 
they wasn't completely cold, but they didn't initiate the conversation. I did. So don't be afraid of cold outreach. Uh, point number three, high ticket offers. You don't have a lot of time. None of us have a lot of time, right? We all only have but so much time in the day. If you're going to put out the effort in order to get a new client and do the cold outreach, spend time on creating content on social media, have a high ticket offer. Don't be afraid to charge what you are worth. Number four, when it's time, once things are rolling, you know, and you're making a little bit of money month over month, hire a VA best decision I ever made in my business other than starting my business. (laughs) And then number five, create client systems that are simple, 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 simple. Okay. So that's it folks. That's all for today's episode. I want to remind you in case you haven't, that if you, I have a confidence masterclass that if you are listening to this live the week that I, that this episode airs, um, it's coming up. And if you are listening to it after um, it happens later this month, then you can catch the replay, but go check for those details in the show notes. Please, if you are listening to this, take a screenshot and go over to Instagram, tag me so I can know that you're listening and share with me as well as the lovely people who follow you what you enjoyed most about this episode. Um, And I think that's it. That's it for now, folks. In case you're wondering, I'm definitely not going to make it to the butcher shop, but that's fine because I think this was a really important episode and I'm glad I prioritized it. All right. See y'all later. Bye.